And from the sublime to the ridiculous, people in the States are looking for Botox, not for their foreheads, but for their bladder. And on the line, we have social commentator and author Howard Feltman. Howard, thanks so much for joining us. Great pleasure. Good morning. I never thought that I'd be invited to talk about bladder Botox, but here we are. I never thought someone would write about bladder Botox either. I mean, when we saw this, we were like, okay, this was really a column that like, uh yesterday we were talking about mermaids that were people who were swimming like mermaids. Today we're talking about bladder Botox. What the hell is bladder Botox? Well, I just found it so interesting because South Africa, we, we really are in a miserable space. And as much as we try and be positive, and I, I was just listening to your earlier guest, and he just put a smile on my face because because we do try and be uh, and try the positivity, we try and do good, but sometimes it it becomes very very overwhelming. Yeah. And we have we've had these few weeks with load shedding that really is one of the most significant factors in terms of our own morale. Very, very little in the country hammers us the way uh, load shedding does. And I found myself trying to to find ways myself, to get through this. I am very positive. I, I love the people of the country. As I say, uh, when I listen to your earlier guest, that, that fills me with such positivity and hope because we've got such amazing people, but yet we're all feeling misery. And I was reading, I was going through the international press, and I saw this article in the New York Post that New Yorkers, well-heeled New Yorkers, that is, uh, wealthy New Yorkers, are, are opting for bladder Botox, which is some kind of a procedure where you apparently... It, it, it assists you from running to the bathroom less. So when you're driving from Manhattan to your home, your holiday home in the Hamptons, you don't need to suffer the indignity of running, finding a bathroom uh, as frequently as you might. And, and I thought, what a sublime world this is that we battling quite literally to keep the lights on and to keep positive while while wealthy Americans are, are looking for bladder Botox. Obviously, it's an extreme example that it's not the whole of America, but it just highlighted for me the difference and I thought to myself well where would I rather live would I rather live in a world that that thinks that uh, going to the bathroom on the way to your holiday destination is a problem that you need to solve or would I rather live in a place where we can do things about it and we have fellow South Africans around us and we all uh, trying to get to a better place. Okay, I would rather Howard, choose I'm, this. I'm, I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to pause you there because we need to go to a break. <laughs> and then when we okay. come back, what I'd like to, to, to go into is you do talk about how I'd rather choose this. Now, a lot of the conversations we've had here on the show is interrogating resilience and what we think resilience could be, and we'll talk about it later mm, in our mm. word domination. But uh, when we come back from the break, I'd like to ask you what you think can be done. What are the differences that as individuals we can do to make change? Michelle Constant on SAFM. We're chatting to Howard Feldman as one of our thought leaders, storytellers and griots, and definitely focusing on the storytelling part of things, trying to understand uh, someone who may have what is described as bladder Botox. I mean, really, uh, one, one can't, you're quite right, like actually, no. I'm just like, I don't even know where to go with that. I'm just like, okay, do I want to be? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. So, Howard, you did say you would rather be in a country where you can maybe make a difference. And we've just had incredible young people on the show talking about how they are making differences all the time. Howard, what what do you feel as is, is your role? 
So, so, so they're very different. I think we each have a role, and we each have to define what that role is. Yeah. So I might be able to be a social commentator, and and I do hold that take that responsibility very seriously. When load shedding started, I found myself writing articles that fed in, into the negativity and the misery, and mm. then. I stopped and I thought this actually isn't what we need. We need to find ways of turning things around. It doesn't mean what we're calling now toxic positivity, that everything is is positive. You know, there's a famous mm. story of a, a the optimist who, who falls off the Empire State Building and has, he gets to the 30th floor and he's still falling and somebody shouts, how's it going? And he writes, so far, so good. <laughs> you, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not what we want yeah. because that's just foolish, obviously. So we need to hold we need to hold our leaders to account. We need to be vocal, but we also need to make a difference. And, and I think it depends on who you are and what you are able to do. But every one of us sees a a person in need at this, the, the every street corner. So between our homes and a, and, a, and a shopping center, we have the ability to change somebody's life. And of course, we can't do it every time, and we can't we, we don't have the ability. None of us can afford to give to every person that we see, but we can smile and we can be positive and we can hold leaders to account. Those are the things that we have to do. And and I think what's very important in my mind, is not to turn on each other. And I see that very often, that we, when we get so frustrated with a situation, we feel so impotent, really, we just turn on each other. Yeah. And, and we rip each other apart. And I think that's our responsibility, to stop doing that and to, to hold the right people to account. So, um, Howard, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm interested in what you say as well. I mean, one could also say, well, instead of giving five rand, five rand, five rand to um, someone who is on a street corner, one could, of course, support someone like Tabojo, who's got Absolutely. the uh, incredible shelter in Pretoria. And as we spoke to him earlier, I mean, mm. really mm. doing amazing, amazing work. Part of it, though, is, is what you talk about is this idea of having a sense of humor. What does um, mm. having a sense of humor mean for you? For me, it gives me the ability to zoom out a little bit and be able to find the absurdity in, in the situation. I wrote an article where I said that we all suffer from LAD, la- uh, load shedding anxiety disorder. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> things like when, when our power doesn't go out then we start panicking. Why hasn't it gone out? Will it ever go out? And then it goes out and we... And, and, yes. and, and, and I swear, we, Indasha, our producer's actually like rolling on the floor and raising her hands and saying that's exactly <laughs> what she does all the time. It's like, why has it not gone out? Why hasn't the power gone <laughs> My wife messages me the other day, the power hasn't gone out. I said, isn't that <laughs> a good, a good thing? thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it goes out and we check with at least three people that we're not the only ones, that it's gone out around us as well. You know, so we all suffer from this. And we it, it, and what this means to me in terms of humor is that we're in it together. We're yeah. all suffering the same thing, and we might as well laugh about it because it just is. You know, we obviously have to, as I keep saying, doesn't mean don't hold people to account. But we, we, we can't always change the circumstances we're in. We might as well see the funny side of it, see the absurdity of it, because it's actually so much more pleasant. We're living through it anyway, so we might as well actually um, see it from a little bit more of a positive perspective. And I, I think guess. critically, um, one, what, you know, one could, would hear that and say, yes, but it's not that bad if you're just worrying about the power. I mean, our small business has, has closed, and, and I think that we have to sure, acknowledge sure. and recognize 
the, the absolute trauma of that thing. But if if we're in a position that we can still smile and say, okay, absolutely. You know, um, you, you, you know, I think, I think what you're saying is right, but it's a slippery slope because there's always a situation significantly worse than ours. And, and maybe that's a positive as well. But the, the truth is that we have to look at our own situation, not feel guilty about it, not feel guilt. I didn't cause load shedding. So if I can find a way to smile about it, I understand, obviously, that people are enduring the most horrific things. I've got an inverter that keeps some of my lights on, but I drive through some, some areas where I'm horrified, where, where you do not see a light on mm. in, in, in an informal settlement. And I think about what about the, the crime and what about the, 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 what people are enduring then during load shedding. So, so of course, we, we, it, it, there's different ways. But if we're going to only look at things that way, then we really do get sucked into a, a significantly worse and more miserable situation that benefits nobody. Sure. Howard, uh, I want to say thank you so much for joining us and uh, keep uh, writing about uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ladder Botox. Botox and we'll, right. I'm sure, learn so much more from stories like that. That's how it felt. He's a social so commentator and an author. And as we say, wrote, writing a story around um, something in the United States called Bladder Botox. I mean, if it can only just make you laugh for a few seconds, then isn't that a good thing for sure?